I mean, good morning. I mean, it depends on what time of day it is when you're listening to this. We're uh, open-minded about time and time zones. But we're case. not open-minded about the year. It is 2023! Woo! We're in the future! We have arrived in the future. And welcome, therefore, to season five? You did say five before. Of, uh... My comical romance. My comical romance. <laughs> um, have we really been doing this for five years or just five seasons? Five seasons. We've had uh, a very arbitrary distinction. Well, it's a winter season right now. Hmm. Um, but I don't think we've done every meteorological season. Um, anyway, welcome. I am David, Mr. Dadvid. And I'm Alex. Good to talk to you again about the important issues facing us in these drastic times. Uh, in, in particular, issues of comic books. Yes, comic Romance books. comics. The most important kind. It's what people need nowadays. More <laughs> romance. And you know what? Funny you should say that, because I have happy news. I'm ready for happy news. Okay, so... Any listeners we've got out there who are also keeping informed about the modern comic scene may already know this, but I just found out mm, about a month ago, super excited, that I've been reading Tom King's series Everlasting Love, or Love Everlasting, that one. I got the first five issues, I'm absolutely adoring it. Really? Love Everlasting. So I've... this series goes on forever. <laughs> It has been being built like it's going to be a long-running series. Wait, wait, what you're saying is this is a new romance comic series, like coming out now in the future? <laughs> yes, I have, for the first issue, I have a variant cover that's done in a very retro style. I uh, absolutely love seeing a modern comic with approved by the Comics Code Authority on it. Yikes. But it is, in fact, a critique of the romance comic genre. Now, who would ever do something like that? I listen. You're you're stepping on my toes here, Dad, because I I need to convey a message to Tom King directly. Who I is know, undoubtedly among our listeners? Yes, Tom. I know you're listening. You must be listening, and I thank you for making writing this comic series specifically for me. I also want to thank the entire artistic team: Elsa Charioteer. Matt Hollingsworth, Clayton Powell's. You're amazing. Wait, there are a couple other names. Yes, those are editors and stuff. They don't matter. Tom Muller, Maria L. Isaac. I can't read. And Drew Gill. Drew Gill. They're the ones bringing you, and millions of others, we assume, yes. love everlasting. I, I want to thank all of you for... I didn't even know I had a fan club, but I guess they came together and said, what would make... Alex Townsend happy and they are must be our most dedicated listeners cuz uh yeah it is a series that pokes fun at the romance comic genre <sighs> I'm so upset about that and is taking it one step further and turning it into I wouldn't say horror but certainly a dramatic adventure mystery sort of story is anyone decapitated no, but there is somebody who is very regularly shot in the head. <laughs> That's similar. That's close enough. Just like Kenny. Yes, uh, um, but it, it's treated with a bit more uh, pathos. Because <laughs> she doesn't like dying every time this happens. It's about Joan Peterson, 
who is regularly waking up in a romance comic scenario. You know, oh, she's in love with that no-good hippie that her dad doesn't approve of. Oh, she's in love with a cowboy. Oh, she's in love with her roommate's boyfriend. And goes through those trials and tribulations, falls in love, has a kiss, wakes up in another scenario. Oh, you mean the the happily ever after kiss turns into... Exactly where the, the story in the romance comic would end? That's where she transfers to a new storyline. Oh, no, that's some brilliant irony. I love it. So, first cover looks rather uh, straightforward, old-timey pastiche. But she starts hmm. getting to a point of understanding that she's caught in this loop. And uh, gets a little murderous about it. Murderous? Trying... Well, she tries different things. She's tries to escape the men, she tries to kill a particularly murderous cowboy that's always on her trail, and uh, most recently, as of issue five, she's had a bit of interaction with uh, an advice columnist from the old romance comics. They even reference the ads from these old comics, talking about the, the ads for tons of different wigs that you could get. This is awesome. These people truly are our kind of people. Yes, this was very obviously done with, like, so, these people read so many of these comics to understand this genre. So, okay, there is another possibility besides Tom King and all the rest uh, being my fans, and that is that I secretly have another identity that is hmm. secret even to me. I mean, I figure 50-50 chance. So you're Tom King, are you saying? It's possible. It seems pretty likely, in fact, the more I think about it. Well, the only answer is we've got to reach out to him and them and, uh, and get them on the show. We've got to interview them. Well, first we've got to see if it's possible for Tom King and I to be present in in even a call at the same time. Can we communicate with each other? Or is one of us always suspiciously unavailable? Mm. Got a Superman Clark Kent... Or if we reach out to them, we don't hear back because it's really you and you don't want to reveal that. That would be the absolute only reason they wouldn't contact us back. Precisely. So we will be doing that very soon. And um, the important thing for our listeners right now is we're not going to read any of these comics. Oh, no, 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 no. Buy them yourself. They're new. This will support artists that exist right now. Okay, okay, okay. That's the end of my plug. Anyway, Read people, the comic. people go out and buy the, the, the series because it's actually available, not some obscure uh, ancient publication like we usually read. Yeah, this uh, this today's issue is a reprint from a print-on-demand site. So, Ooh, pretty impressive <laughs> that they have the digital file to be able to do that. It's in the public domain. Yeah, but that means they scanned it at some point, which means somebody took the effort of... Putting this in a scanner page by page. That is true. Somebody had the actual comic and hopefully very carefully scanned the whole thing. Well, how's, what's the quality of the pictures? Uh, pretty decent. Yeah, I mean, extremely orange. Well, yes. But, uh... It was clearly not done with a fresh new issue. <laughs> uh, anyway, so tell us about the vintage, authentic romance comic we will be reading today. Okay, so I've discovered a new series within romance comics that I'm rather delighted about. So 
sometimes romance comics had ongoing stories from issue to issue where it focused on one woman and whether or not she fell in love in a given issue or got closer to a particular beau. And one of them is Cynthia Doyle, Nurse in Love. Nurse in Love. (sighs) Every male patient of a female nurse dreams of her falling in love with him. I mean, that is certainly a common plot element for the nurse-type stories. But because Cynthia Doyle needs to keep readers interested from month to month, she also has other stuff going on. It's bizarre. She doesn't only take care of handsome, wounded men? No, no, no. She's also allowed to be concerned about young children. Um, what does that have to do with romance? It lets her show off her maternal side for somebody who's watching. Ah, who might eventually want to marry her and make her no longer be a nurse Mm -hmm. so that she can simply be a mother as she was intended to be. You got some 40 chess going on here because you gotta plot out in advance what's going to lead to wifehood, which is obviously the only goal of her life. Well, of any woman's life. Yeah, clearly. Yes. Okay, All so. right, so we're going to read a, an issue of Nurse in Love. Cynthia Doyle, Nurse in Love. Cynthia Doyle. Which comes to us, uh, and we're reading issue number 68 from February 1963. Wait a minute. She had 68 different lovers? <laughs> <laughs> no, with Cynthia Doyle in particular, she tends to be really hung up on this one doctor who only cares about the job. Um, yeah. And she's... Constantly trying to get him to think about love and to see her as a woman. So so she tried 68 different times to win him over? I mean... I got some advice for you, Cynthia. Listen, There's other fish in the sea. She fell in love. like, uh, And as we have discussed many times, you can't escape. Well, but that's mutual. Ah, but he is being a stubborn man. Ah, uh, yes. Boy, 68 different times. (laughs) But these comics do also talk about the patients she interacts with and their lives. So Mm. Cynthia can just be more of a framing device a lot of the time. Ah, oh, and and you mean their romances? Yeah. Not with her? Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, that's different. Yeah, it's novel. Okay, so the story we're going to look at today, uh, and by the way, this is from Charlton Comics, who... We often love have, and oh, they've got some of the best stuff. Yes. Okay, we're going to have the case of the teenage mother. Ooh, scandalous! Except not really, because lots and lots of wives were teenagers back then. Back whenever we're talking about. I think you are going to be very surprised by this story. Because it's going to be culturally. Sensitive and uh, (laughs) modern. (laughs) Good one. (laughs) Okay, then. Okay. And I want you You to... So it was 1963? 63. Oh, well, that's later than a teenager in love. So I guess the teenager who was in love got pregnant. (laughs) All right. So so in the splash panel, Doctor is telling Cynthia to do some nursing as they tend to a woman in a bed. Nurse Doyle, if you persist in attempting to bulk me in my treatment of this patient, if you once more mention your women's intuition in regard to this case, I'll have you dismissed from the hospital. Wow. Perhaps you're right, Dr. Benson. 
My woman's intuition was wrong in regard to you. Maybe it's wrong again. But I still say this girl should not be sent to a, the state asylum. Oh, jeez. <laughs> For having a baby. You dismissed me from your heart, so why, why not from the hospital? It should be even easier. Is she saying those things or thinking them? She thinks the second part. Ah, that felt like a thought bubble. <laughs> I tried to put a thought bubble accent on it. <laughs> in a great city hospital, the doors always swing in or out. Patients leaving, patients coming in. Heartache, sorrow, joy. Walk the corridors with the men and women in white who are dedicated to heal. Do we know uh, the literary giant who is this author who wrote those words? Uh, do we ever? I There are no credits on uh, here. Yeah. Well, it's too bad because there's someone I can already tell who belongs among the Mount Rushmore of authors. <laughs> this is but one of the many cases in which nurse... Nurse Cynthia Doyle and the man she secretly loved, Dr. Edward Benson, were involved. Were? Oh, this is a past tense narrative? Well, I mean, we've got to, to tell the extensive life story of uh, Cynthia Doyle. She's constantly bringing in new stuff. All right. Okay, so, flashback. Nurse Doyle is at the, you know, reception area of the hospital, uh, and a police officer has come in escorting a young woman. Dr. Benson is on his way down, Lieutenant Carson. What's the trouble? This girl, Miss X, <laughs> she's in a trance. Miss X is in a trance? Okay. Yes. Miss X? That's what we call her. <laughs> she was picked up wandering the streets, not a shred of identification. We don't know who she is or where she came from. And, you know, she's white, so of course we decided to take care of her rather than just arrest her and give her trouble. Um, there were only white people back then? It's true. They hadn't invented any any other races at that point. Yes. And uh, Dr. Benson appears. Hello, Lieutenant. What's your trouble? This girl in a trance. Looks like... She also looks like she hasn't eaten in days. She's weak, sick, and she won't or can't speak a word. No identification. We're working on it, but nothing so far. And why are you bringing him, her to him? He's a doctor. Because, I mean, okay, he can feed her, I guess. She's in a trance. That is a medical issue. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, so Dr. Benson shines a light in the girl's eyes. Catatonic. Miss Doyle, put her in... Ooh, I know he's a doctor because he has a better word for trance. Catatonic. Ooh, that's a doctory word. Now, to be fair, I'm not much of a doctor. You know, just... Barely, barely mm. have that medical degree. Um, but do catatonic people... Can catatonic... Can catatonic people walk? Uh, why not? Yeah, you've, you know, you've heard of, like, sleepwalking and zombies and everybody else. They're, they're all in trances. Sure. Uh, yeah, okay, sure. Uh, Miss Doyle, put her in 18 and prepare her for tests. Yes, doctor. Miss X was made comfortable in room 18. Can you hear me, dear? Now don't worry. We're going to fix you up fine. We'll find out what's wrong with you and cure it. Yeah, because we have all that science that we can just mm -hmm. cure catatonic people. Now, listeners, if any of you have in-depth medical knowledge, I apologize in advance for... It, it's true, I don't actually have a medical degree. Um, 
So if I make some comments or fail to make some comments on the realism of these tests, I'm sorry. Whereas I know everything there is to know about medicine. It's true. It's, it's very hard to be your child. Yeah. The tests began. Spinal fluid was withdrawn and examined. <laughs> wow, look at that spinal fluid. I hear that that's a really painful thing to do, though. I don't think you'd start with spinal fluid tests. Well, if you're in catatonic, you can't feel anything. She is to be fed intravenously. Has she moved or spoken? No, doctor. So they they took her spinal fluid before feeding her. <laughs> Maybe just feed it right back into her. And uh, another panel with the doctor examining the patient. As Nurse Doyle looks on, I wish that just once he'd look as closely at me as he does at one of his patients. Jesus. I wish I were catatonic. Maybe if I smash my head against the wall, I'll lose consciousness, and then he'll pay attention to me. Perhaps then he'd see the the woman instead of just the uniform. The woman's heart. The woman's love. What, he doesn't see her face? Like, he's like the invisible woman? Yeah, she's just a walking nurse's outfit. All right. We'll do a series of head x-rays. Her condition could be due to a brain tumor. I don't think so. Oh, that's the nurse? Yep. With her super medical knowledge? No, her women's intuition. You're joking. Yeah, good for you. You could perceive <laughs> jokes. All right. No, no, I mean, you you think you're joking. Oh, no. What? You don't think so? Is that what you said, nurse? Yes, that's what I said. I think she's had an emotional disturbance. Probably something involving love. What? <laughs> I mean, this... This is a romance comic, after all. Plus, I've had, like, 68 previous romance... Look at the context clues, Dr. Benson. <laughs> if, if anyone knows anything about romance-induced trauma, that would be me. Look at her. About 17. Pretty. She must have a boyfriend somewhere. Yeah. That's the rule of the world. Yeah. If you are attractive, you do have someone you are dating. Well, and... she might be in between boyfriends. <gasps> Oh, the tragedy. Well, no, one of them might have died in a motorcycle accident. While that would make me catatonic. The other one has been waiting in the wings, and he's not quite ready to move in yet. And on what do you base this magnificent diagnosis? Women's intuition, I suppose. How about nurses' experience in medical situations going back months, years? Nurses don't get medical training, do they? They get, yeah, you're right, they get intuition tweaking. (laughs) Nurse Cynthia Doyle, we live in a modern age and have the facilities of one of the finest medical institutes in the world at our disposal. We'll use those facilities rather than women's intuition. Why? They cost a lot more. Yeah, it's true. It would be much more cost-effective to use uh, women's intuition. But, you know, men. Does it show up on the bill? You know, like x-ray, you know, spinal fluid, intuition. No, 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 no. It's a, it's a WI evaluation. <laughs> right. <laughs> WI test, $6,000. Is it covered by insurance? Uh, depends on the insurance. Mm. I'm sure Obamacare covers it. <laughs> love. Why does a woman always think love is at the bottom of everything? Nonsense. <laughs> yeah, she's in love with this guy and he's... A primo jerk? Yes. Not, not that that has anything to do with... But he, he is handsome. Well, okay, that's all that matters. And she's behind him thinking, 
Love. Nonsense, is it? Oh, you poor blind fool. The tests continued. No evidence of any kind of growth on the brain. That is a puzzling case, Dr. Franklin. I've spoken to Dr. Macklin, our resident psychiatrist, about this girl. I think whatever's wrong with her, since there's no evidence that it's organic, lies in his field. Yeah, psychology, which is where intuition fits. Isn't psychology the same thing? It's basically, ooh, thoughts and feelings. It's not something we can test or measure. That, that was the original name for the field, the thoughts and feelings yeah. field of science. So how is he, why is he turning to a psychologist when he completely rejects the notion of intuition and thinks all this expensive science stuff is going to solve everything? Well, obviously, because men are involved now. Yeah, the man, the psychologist is a man. Yes. Correct. However, I... I have feelings about how they discuss issues of psychiatry in this story. Uh, they should really talk to the Hollywood love doctor ah, yes. from our previous episode. You see, he's the one that knows what's going on. Yes. He will inject you with a truth serum and then get you to bring up repressed memories. Or he could just give her love potion number nine. No, that's from Madame Rue. She's got a copyright. Madame who? I took my troubles down to Madame Rue. Rue? I never heard that name. You know that G-slur with the gray tat, with a something tattoo. She's got a pad down on 34th and Vine, selling little bottles of love potion number nine. Do you know that that song has a subtle homosexual Well, the escapade? way that he starts kissing a cop? When I kissed the cop on... 34th and 9, he broke my bottle of love potion number 9. But yeah, she did mix it up right here in her sink. Mm-hmm. So she's the only one with the formula. Ah, uh, too bad. Anyway, back to man science. If only we knew something about her, it might give us a clue to her malady. It is a problem case, undoubtedly. Well, I'm going to get some sleep. I'm all in. A doctor's constant dilemma. Tomorrow, consult with Dr. Macklin. I don't think there is any way we can help this girl here. We need every bed. <laughs> so, kick her out. She's useless. Well, that's what a heartless, loveless man would say the next well, day. Well, maybe you have like someone else who, I don't know, just has like a like broken toenail or something. You can get them out of the bed. I, I think that... Uh, Anyone who has ever been involved in hospital work would have words for you about that. Yes, well, this is back in the 60s when it wasn't such a big deal. Tomorrow, Miss X will be sent to the state asylum. Whatever's wrong with her isn't organic. The girl needs psychiatric help. Which, I'd argue, is a pretty fair diagnosis. Mm -hmm. No, actually, that sounds very true. Like, they've done brain scans, they've tested the spinal fluid, she is not responding, but they can't find any physical ailment. Yeah, get get some psychologists in here. Did he try kissing her? <sighs> Has he not read Sleeping Beauty? Excuse me. I, I do hate it when doctors skip on the essential foundational literature. Mm-hmm. Ed, you can't do that. She's not insane. They won't even know how to reach her since they know nothing about her. Lieutenant Carson will make an identification, I'm sure. Then we can... You heard my orders, nurse. Wait, wait, wait a minute. What is... 
what does she think can still be done there? Okay, so one of the things that very much pisses me off about this story is the implication that what are psychiatrists going to do? Is an asylum just a place to throw... Uh, people deemed insane so that we don't have to look at them anymore, which 60s, yes. Yes, yes, that's exactly what there was. But it shouldn't be. (laughs) Yes, so now you're suddenly being outraged about the attitudes of people in the 1960s regarding mental health, emotions, psychology, to say nothing of male-female relations. I have enough room in my heart to hate all of them. (laughs) You heard my order, orders, nurse, and she is to be left alone until she leaves. We will not try anything more. We have no will, willingness to help this person at all. Besides, she can't pay her bill. That's true. How can they bill their ins- her insurance when they don't know who she is? You didn't have insurance back then. You just paid cash to the doctor. <laughs> but it was only $5. Yeah. I mean, like a month's savings, but $5. Mm-hmm. I won't do it. Get someone else to carry out your orders. You will do as you're told. If you don't, if you persist in this attitude, I'll have you dismissed from this hospital. I'm fed up with your interference. This is the splash panel. Pretty much, yeah. He knows I'm right. That's why he's so angry. Right? In what? Right? About what? That sending her to an asylum would be useless, I guess? Uh, So keeping her there would not be useless? I don't know what. What, what is she right about? Um, he wants he wants to work with Miss X and find the reason for her state and cure it. Probably pressure from Doctor Franklin and the trustees to move her out. Wait a minute, I missed something. He wants to work with her, but he has to get rid of her. I okay. She is alleging that Doctor Benson would like to continue. Menacing oh. at Miss ah, X. Uh, so he's he's mad because he's being forced by powers above him to give up on her. Right, and his way of coping with it is to pretend that he agrees with them. And to get mad at her. Yes. Okay. So but he, he doesn't is... understand this emotional miasma he's in. Oh, so he's spineless as well as a jerk. Uh, yes. And she loves him anyway. He's very handsome. <laughs> that evening... Uh, We are again at the hospital reception with a different nurse talking to a police officer. I tried to locate Dr. Benson, but he's not in the hospital. And uh, Cynthia walks in. Miss Doyle, we finally made an identification from a piece of label in the girl's coat. Her name is Judy Enterm from Seattle, Washington. Hold on a minute. I thought, number one, she was forced to take the woman to the asylum... Or, if she didn't, she was fired. Uh, no, no, no. She's going to be sent out the next day. It's the evening before Miss X is going to be sent to the asylum. So, I thought you said it was the next day when this... No, that evening. Ah, that evening. Ah, it's only a few hours later. Yes. So the defiance has yet to follow through. Right. That, that, um, guillotine blade is coming down, not quite at the neck yet. Mm Mm-hmm. Goodness, how did she get all the way at, all the way here and in her state? So presumably we're someplace quite far from Seattle, Washington. Which is her state. <laughs> we'll know the answer soon. I contacted her mother. 
She's flying here. I'm going to the airport now. That was quick. <laughs> she's ha- happened to have a be able to get a ticket and get to the airport, and she's on the way. Maybe they're in just like California. So it's yeah, sure. Down the street. Wait, let me go with you. I'll get my coat. All right. It isn't often I have the company of a girl as pretty as you. Oh, for God's sake. This is the cop? Yeah. Probably the guy she should be in love with, (laughs) among many. I mean, something about him doesn't strike me as particularly desirable either, but sure. In that setting, he's probably the best guy out there. Uh, I think the best guy out there is, like, background character number three. (laughs) However, hey, uh, there's just a quick quiz. Do you remember what the title of this story was? Oh, yeah. The Teenage Mother? Yeah, The Case, the of, case the... of the Teenage Mother. Hold on a minute. Are we going to find out that the reason she's catatonic is because she's pregnant, which of course causes women to become catatonic, but no, that like she found out she's pregnant and, and it was such a shock that she just like shut down? Yeah, that's going to be it, isn't it? Uh, well, what's, this what's is... What's the cure? To give birth? This is a I mean, because I, I know abortion didn't exist back then either. I this is a comic that was approved by the Comic Code Authority in well, nineteen sixty three. She couldn't be pregnant to begin with. The Comic Code Authority would never allow that. Hmm. Intriguing mystery we've got. Okay. Well, no, she might have eloped and is married to her seventeen uh, year old boyfriend, who may or may not have died in a motorcycle accident, and. Therefore, found out she's pregnant. Okay, boyfriend died. Uh, found out she's pregnant. It was too much for her, so she shut down. And now, all they have to do is, um, how do you cure that? This is part of my vast medical knowledge. How do you cure catatonic state brought on by dead boyfriend and pregnancy? <laughs> um, you uh, say nice things to her in a sweet voice. And say, it's going to be okay. And then maybe you um, squeak a little squeaky toy that reminds her that having a baby is a, is a cute thing. That is a, a well-regarded medical practice, yes. I think that's enough to snap her out of it. Okay. Those are all very good theories. The truth, however... Oh, we don't care about the truth. That was our story for today, people. <laughs> the truth is even stupider and more insulting. As it almost always is. At the airport, a woman has come off of the flight. Are you Lieutenant Carson? You phoned me. I'm Judy's mother. Her mother? And, uh, Nurse Doyle is off to the side. But, but you're not much older than she is. Uh-oh. Her I... mother is the teenage mother? Or was the teenage mother? I... I'm afraid that's what has caused all this trouble and what's happened to poor Judy. The fact that you were young when she was born, at least 17 years ago. It's even stupider. I'm her stepmother. I'm 19. Oh. Okay. George, her father, and I were married just a short while ago. Perhaps you'd better tell me all about it before you see Judy. Um, okay, first of all, why did she come out and not the father? He's got things to do. It's women's work, I guess. Um, (laughs) 
how close could she be with the daughter? Obviously not very. Is she just catatonic because she's bummed that her father married a young woman almost her own age? Well, I mean, that's I... enough to make me catatonic. So, uh, well, let's find out. Mm-hmm. George is a tractor salesman. He travels a lot. <laughs> because, you know, you got to drive those tractors down to Texas from you Seattle. You send out the catalog first, and <laughs> then you drive the tractors. That's how we met. We fell in love. And... We, we met because he was driving a tractor. <laughs> I was standing by the side of the road, and this tractor pulled up. And golly, it was just so shiny. <laughs> We fell in love and were married in my hometown. The and next day. Then George brought me home. He hadn't warned Judy at all. Dad! What a, what a jerk! Flashback. Dad, I didn't expect you back so soon. Gosh, it's good to see you. Yeah, it usually takes two weeks for you to ride the tractor all the way to Seattle and back. Or good. no, no, from Seattle to wherever. Yep. Good to see you too, honey. And I've got a big surprise for you. Judy, this is your new mother. <laughs> we were married in Grand Falls two days ago. Grand Falls? Where the heck is that? You know, that place with all the tractors. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, and, and the great thing is, she can teach you cheerleading. It's true, she just graduated last year. <laughs> Hello, Judy. Your dad's told me so much about you. My, my mother... She, she's not much older than me. We can be better friends because of that, Judy. Yeah, and I can get some of my ex-boyfriends to date you. <laughs> oh, dear. Listen, I really appreciate that, that this woman, who actually she hasn't even been named, Judy's stepmom. Ah, uh, right, she doesn't have a name. Has just like, now I'm going to put the best spin on it. It means... It's so. It's a good thing that I'm only two years older than you. Do we know anything about Judy's original mom? No. So, I mean, maybe she was, uh, I don't know, also a teenage mother or... or uh... Oh, you're trying to find merit in this. You're no, trying so hard. No, I'm not trying at all. Uh, keep away from me. Oh, Daddy, how could you? <laughs> Judy, come back here. Let her go, George. She's shocked. She's hurt and shocked. She'll get over it. Yeah, tell her what to do. I mean, tell tell your husband what to do, you kid. Well, he did think it would be okay to just kind of show up and say, By the way, daughter, I got married. See, This woman is your mom now. This is why we live in a, such a more advanced age, because with cell phones... And social media, you know, he could have let her know by text before coming home. Hi, on my way home, bringing new mother. Send a selfie at the reception. Uh, well, assuming there was a reception. Right, at the ceremony. Yeah. Um, met girl, married her. <laughs> LOL. <laughs> YOLO. <laughs> She'll go to Kip's house. That's her boyfriend. Nice kid. You know, he's about an age that you could date. <laughs> They've been in love for years. Grew up together. Years? Guess they'll get, guess they'll get married someday. <laughs> well, I mean, unless she meets a 
45-year-old guy who rides a tractor. Oh, God, that would be such a great twist. (laughs) I would love it if her dad was like, oh, when you're marrying someone who's my age, it's suddenly weird. (laughs) If she's in love herself, then she'll understand about us. Ah, that's true. If she has the disease, Mm -hmm. she will understand others with the disease. Yes, exactly. But Judy never stopped resenting me, her teenage mother. An unhappy armed truce existed in the house. Is she... These are the words she's saying to the policeman? Yes. And the nurse? Yes. Oh. But we're still in flashback. (laughs) See you tomorrow, Judy. All right, Kip. Oh, so she was hanging out at Kip's house. Um, yes, but time has passed now, and Kip came over to Judy's house and is now leaving, waving goodbye. Uh Uh-huh. So, all right, well, this is interesting. Let's not jump too far ahead. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So, she's been living there now with Nameless Mother <laughs> for a while, hating her entirely, yeah. uh, but still living a life of a mm-hmm. teenager with a boyfriend. Yeah. Uh, and um, so now the question is, how does she become catatonic? Aha. Mm-hmm. Uh well, the teenage mother part already seems to be taken care of by the title. I mean, by the fact that, that the woman is a 19-year-old. Yep. But she could get pregnant and say, well, you're about to have a sister <laughs> or brother <laughs> who is... Uh, that would make her double teenage mother. <laughs> but otherwise, I mean, something's got to happen, some trigger. Let's find out. And then plot twist. Oh, and then there was the car accident. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> But as Kip is leaving, Judy's new mom waves at him. Kip, just a minute. Uh Uh-oh. Yeah, let me interfere and ruin everything. Yes, Mrs. Antrim? Kip, I wonder if you can help me. Make Judy see that her father and I love each other. That I want to be her friend. Oh, I have a better idea. Let's make her jealous by making out in front of her. They are literally in silhouette in front of a full moon in this panel. So, uh... Uh Uh-oh, so is Judy going to see that and misinterpret it? Uh Uh-oh, I'm ready. (laughs) I've been telling her that, Mrs. Antrim. I've never seen Judy like this before. It isn't like her. To be catatonic. (laughs) She doesn't believe you love Mr. Mr. Antrim. She says you'll bring disgrace on her dad and her. How? Well, clearly Mr. Antrim can't be bad at all. Well, yeah, it's her fault. But so... Does he think she's gold digging? Or does Judy think she's gold digging? Because he, she did marry him. Okay, so I think what we're dealing with here is a comic that really wants to deal in scandalous stuff and is being barely held back by the Comic Code Authority. I guess so. I mean, all right, fine. The scandal is she's so much younger than him. Mm-hmm. Not that that ever happened back in that era. <laughs> but... Again, it'd be one thing if he's just dating her. That's a scandal. Mm -hmm. But the fact that they are married kind of, like, neutralizes that. Here's my theory. The people at Charlton really wanted this title. (laughs) Exactly. Because it's so misleading. Yeah. No one is going to look at the case of the teenage mother, which is advertised on the cover. Mm -hmm. This is the cover story. And think, oh, clearly this is about... A separate teenager who was catatonic because her dad married a much younger woman who is now technically 
a teenage mother by virtue of being a step parent. <laughs> but legally, they're safe. The title is technically accurate. Yes, it is technically accurate. None of those horrible comic book lawyers are going to come after them <laughs> for having scandalous material or lying. And yet, a woman is about a woman, a young teenage girl is about to go into a coma. I mean, a catatonic state or whatever she's suffering. Yep. And with your questions about gold digging, I think that's another thing that they're kind of trying to hint at without saying. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah. Because, like, you know, there's a lot of money in tractors. I've tried to talk her out of it, but she she hates you. I'll <laughs> do my best, Mrs. Antrim. What happened a week later, Kip told me about. They were driving past a notorious roadhouse. Oh no, a roadhouse. We've seen roadhouses This before. story has everything. By the way, Kip's got a pretty snazzy car. It's a... Uh... Is it a jalopy? No, no, it's... What, a Cadillac? Ooh, well, who knows? It's a sedan, anyway. Big old red one. With a motor that's apparently as long as the cabin. Anyway, sorry, I don't know much about cars. Um, you're crazy, Judy. That wasn't your stepmother. It was. Oh, oh, she thinks she saw her stepmother at the club. Mm-hmm. Which makes sense, because why would she want to hang around with an old guy when she can be out partying? Same hair, same coat. I'll prove it. Go into the parking lot. Please, Kip. She she was with another man. Hold, a hold young on. man. Hold on. They just drove by? Yes, they drove by a roadhouse. And saw her outside? Yes. Okay. I thought she was, like, inside partying and saw her. They went in. The woman she had thought was me turned. Of course it was someone else. Wink, 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 wink. <laughs> and it's too bad that she's in this catatonic state now and couldn't possibly tell anyone otherwise. <laughs> yeah, it's too bad I happen to know about drugs that could induce such a state. <laughs> I told you. Now let's get out of here. This is no place for either of us. I, I could have sworn... And there is a similar-looking blonde woman being scandalous, I'm sure. Yes. By the way, uh, great product placement in this, because one of the ads on the next page is for a free first lesson on nursing. Oh, well. And, of course, uh, now we know what Cynthia Doyle makes, because, geez, this ad promises you $70 weekly, weekly? as a graduate practical nurse. Wow. Seventy a week, that's almost enough to live <laughs> for a few days. Yeah. But as they turn to leave the roadhouse, and then the police burst in. Oh no. <laughs> this is a raid. Everybody stay where you are. Because they think there's teenagers there. Underage drinking, I guess. Ah, yes. And unwed sex. <laughs> George and I went down to the police station as soon as we heard. I, I'll go home in Kip's car. Wait, no, she got off? No, yeah, they were arrested, and I presume uh, George posted bail, and everybody's very embarrassed. So who brought scandal on the family after all? Well, you see, that might just be enough to induce a catatonic state. For sure. And Kip is angry. No, you won't. Now you can see what your crazy hate has done. I never knew you were like this, and now that I do, I never want to see you again. Goodbye. Wait, wait. I have been in love with you for years, years. according to this. Yep. You clearly have some kind of emotional 
issue with this young stepmother. Maybe just throwing it out there. Something to do with the fact that your real mother ain't around anymore, mm-hmm. and there's a certain bummed out element associated with that. Yeah, yeah. You know, never heard of that before. Or, you know, a father remarrying and the mother, you know, not fitting in. And yeah, yeah. It's it's entirely the teenage thing. If he had shown up with a new bride that was his age, well, a little younger. <clears throat> let's be clear. Yeah. Here. Well. But he just married her two days ago and said, hey, here's your mom. Um, That would have been fine. Well, I don't know. In most of the movies and stories I've seen that have this exact same plot. (laughs) uh, No, it still doesn't work. It's just that the mother... Actually, no, usually Mm -hmm. the stepmother is a horrible person. Mm. As in Cinderella, for example. I haven't heard of that one. Yeah, uh, stepmothers are by definition bad people. Uh, you, you may want to qualify that in sentence. Okay, we're not going to let that one stay on the recording. Um, but uh, my point is that usually in these stories, the stepmother turns out to, you know, make this this half-hearted attempt to, to be nice to the child uh, mm-hmm. and ends up being obnoxious and, and truly doesn't want her around anyway and suggesting that she go off to boarding school. Mm-hmm. So that's what should have happened. <laughs> Uh, yeah, we, we should have a, a an ice queen stepmother. Uh, Just the archetype of being so uh, distant and cold and, ugh, I hate children. I thought you were talking about Narnia for some reason. Hmm, classic ice queen. I would have gone with Elsa. Ah, she's another one. Yes. Much nicer. Mm-hmm. Nicer. Oh, God. <laughs> Your listeners have completely fallen asleep by now. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, so... Boyfriend's like, I'm rather angry that I got arrested because of you. Yep. And uh, we end the flashback. She never spoke a word after that. Oh, it was the boyfriend breaking up that caused the... the... Obviously. Oh, oh, because... Oh, geez, this is like science. The love, you know, disease uh, mm-hmm. was in her. Yes. And presumably in him, but, but all of this combination of events caused this break mm-hmm. and when the love germ gets broken your whole psyche can't function anymore yes wow we're learning more i mean this is this comic actually doubles as a medical thesis i would think so mm-hmm. i mean this is a case study what right now. i can't wait to find out is how our love nurse her nurse in love uh, solves this with her intuition. Oh no, the girl dies. Oh, well, that's a bummer. <laughs> but she could have solved it. Oh yeah, yeah, except sure. the doctor like, kicked her out. She never spoke a word after that, and the next morning she disappeared. We've been frantic trying to find her. Can't oh yeah, I'm sure you're super frantic, nameless woman. <laughs> Whoever you are, you're like more like thank God she's out. Kip, too. He still loves her. Yes, of course he does. That's obvious. Paula. Oh, hey, she's got a name. Ah, Paula. Paula, you've got to call Kip and get him on the next plane. Judy's in bad shape. We'll need him. Because he can solve it by kissing her that one time. Well, I mean, either that or just, like, a direct application of love. 
That's what kissing is, excuse me. I, there are many varieties. It can be a hand-holding. No, no, no. Do you read anything other than these comics? No. Why would I? Fairy tales have the answer. By the way, I love the uh, the mismatched look of Cynthia's eyes in this panel. She looks very tired. It looks like a smudge. <laughs> yeah, her eyeshadow got smudged on one eye. Okay. Uh, Paula made the call, and they waited until the plane arrived with Kip. Jesus! <laughs> it's amazing. I mean, okay, wherever they are is down the street from Seattle. That's all I can tell. Yeah, but you do need a plane. Well, probably every half hour they have a <laughs> commuter flight. Also, this implies that Paula wasn't able to see her stepdaughter until the boyfriend showed up. <clears throat> yet, she's still in the hospital. She hasn't been sent to the asylum yet. Right, she is still in the hospital. Uh, Paula made the call, the way to tell Kip arrived. Kip's there now. I'll do anything. <laughs> Good. I have a plan. You'll have to help too, Lieutenant. Oh, no. Any ideas? Uh, it's, it's about Kip kissing her. That's all I know. Cynthia made all the arrangements, then went to the hospital and got Judy Andrum. If this doesn't work, Ed will certainly see that I'm thrown off the staff. I can just hear him now. Interference, women's intuition, direct contradiction of my orders. All of that will still be true even if it does work. Yeah. Um, she's like a love-based version of Dr. House. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Like, she went to the hospital and got the catatonic patient. That means she has taken Judy Antrim from the hospital and brought her to another location that has no psychiatric or medical stuff. Well, she was ordered to get her out of the hospital. I'm trying to defend her. Here you are, not even standing with your fellow woman. Hey, we addressed this, non-binary. Ah, well, your fellow, half of fellow, fellow half of you. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) If you're going to laugh, can I cough now, please? (coughs) I want all of that in the recording. All right. I've been holding back my cough, so there you go. Okay. They drove to a roadhouse. What? (laughs) Oh, oh, I know. They're going to recreate the scene. The owner of whom had been a patient of Cynthia's. So he owed her. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Haven't you ever gotten a call from a nurse that helped you at one point? Be like, hey, calling in a favor. Yeah, lots of times. I, I mean, I gotta. If I have been in any kind of medical facility, I owe them my life. Mm hmm. So That's I true. have to do anything they ask. Yeah, it, uh, the levels of favors actually go up with the severity of the medical treatment you got. Yeah, usually it's just give me 20 bucks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Judy is kind of being zombie-guided into the roadhouse. And the police officer comes up behind her and goes, This is a raid! Nobody move! <laughs> <laughs> They're really recreating it. And Judy immediately... Leaps towards her boyfriend and goes, Kip? Kip! (laughs) That's just science. So the policeman is actually the one who gets all the credit for being such a good actor. (laughs) Yeah, they should call him Lieutenant Doctor. (laughs) Kip, 
I? You said you never wanted to see me again. No, no, I said I didn't want to see you for five minutes, and then I'll be right back. <laughs> I didn't mean it, I Judy. I had to go to the bathroom. I didn't mean it, Judy, honey. Everything's all right. And uh, Paula's off to the side being like, everything's going to be fine. She says that, or she thinks it? She says it with her with her mouth. To the others. Yes. And Judy hugs her and says, Oh, Paula, I've been such a fool. No! I was so hurt. I bought a train ticket, and something seemed to happen, and I don't remember anything else. No, the something happened before that. You're well, telling it out of order. Okay, wait, wait, wait. Maybe there was a time lapse between when she stopped talking and then she became catatonic. So she just stopped talking. Yes. Well, obviously, she, she had to be able to tell somebody where she wanted the train to, to go. Well, she pointed to the schedule. She was good. Maybe she just bought it online with her phone. Oh, good point. Yeah. I don't seem to remember anything else. Can you forgive me? There's nothing to forgive. We're going home to your dad. And... My husband. (laughs) The one that I married, even though I'm barely older than you. And I'm going to be able to tell you what to do, even if I'm barely more aware of life than you are. So now we just have to wrap everything up. Later. Uh, Wait, so the doctor is going to be mad at her, but this time it worked, but don't ever do that again. I could still have you discharged for disobeying my orders, but since it turned out all right, I'll forget it. Um, did I just not say exactly that? But this better be the last time. (laughs) Okay, I wrote this script. We're finally revealing the truth here. I wrote this entire comic. Do Do you really want to take credit for that? No. No, I do not. Of course, Doctor. Love. Perhaps if we doctors knew more about it. He says that? Yeah, just trailing off. That's not a a thought bubble. No, but she's thinking behind him. If you'd only let me teach you. Whoa! That's a little bit of a cliffhanger ending there. Well, so we turn back in for next time. Yes, of course, but next time he's going to have the same attitude. Like, Mm -hmm. what's that crap? (laughs) It's not science to me. So, yeah, that's, uh, that's Cynthia Doyle, Nurse in Love. You doing all right there? No, I'm in pain. That was... <laughs> do, you, do you need to see a medical professional, perhaps? Yeah, I, I do. I, I, maybe I need a nurse who has some intuition she can help me with, because that was just painful. Mm-hmm. I don't. I think I'm going to become catatonic <laughs> at how bad that was. And uh, do we want to discuss the other options that we were mentioning? Uh, I think we've taxed our listeners okay. enough for tonight. Tune in next time whenever we put up a new episode. We will. Sooner than later. Yes, we we already have the next one, next story chosen, but uh, that was a lot. And but, by uh, love, love Everlasting and um, write letters to them telling them that they should listen to our podcast. And next episode, we're planning to do a little experiment where I have chosen three other potential romance comics for us to take a look at. And... Listeners, we highly encourage you to write in at mycomicalromance2020 at gmail.com to choose which one you like when I tell you what they are in the next episode. Or just go on our Facebook page or whatever other social media we have. Yeah, we're we're on Facebook. Um, 
that's the only place we are. We've also got a website, or we've also got the, the Gmail that I just mentioned. But anyway, please write to us. We're lonely, and we love you. <laughs> In a platonic way. I, I mean, I don't want to put labels on it. But Thank Tom you. King, write to me. I'm waiting. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye and good luck. And Happy New Year. Yeah, have a good one, everybody. Let's enjoy love. <laughs>